We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of of Bangerangs and Daggers. Uh, missing tonight is Patrick. Uh, he will be on later uh, solo, but in the meantime, it is out here in the Eastern time zone. Uh, dispute of whether that one is better or not is me, Kevin, uh, Kevin Knight. And with me is Nate McHugh. How are you doing tonight, Nate? You know what? I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, my wife was out eating dinner um, for a work thing. And so I picked up the kids and I said, and this is why they like my wife better than me. And I said, guess what we're going to do when we get home? We're going to clean. And so that's what we did for about an hour and a half, um, which t- tells you the state of our house. But as I texted my wife, I said, I'm in one of those, I just want to throw everything away mood. So what I did is I did the usual cleaning of the kitchen and I went through everything and I said, you know what? I think I want to throw this away. So I put it in on the dinner table. Uh, the kids actually had to eat on the counter now because there's nowhere for them to eat. And, uh, so I told her just so you know, the warning, when you get home, the dinner table is going to be full of stuff and I want to throw it all away. And that's when she comes in, she'll then say, you know, I don't want to do that. Not this, not not that, because I just like, you know, I, if I could, I, you know, what I've done before is I'll just stack stuff up and I'll send a Snapchat to some of my friends and I'll say, I'm looking forward to just burning all of this. And then I get the snaps back. No, donate it and all this stuff. Like, of course, I'm not going to literally burn it, you know. Uh, so, you know, if it's something to donate, I'll donate. But I, if it's not, I want to throw it in the trash and get rid of it and get out of my house. And the more, the better. Even if it's stuff we think we might use, I'm like, no, if it's that important, then we'll maybe buy it again. Maybe. But if we haven't used it in the past two years and we even know, you know, I'm kind of ranting, I guess, a little bit. If we even know that we had this, then we don't need it. So uh, that's kind of a battle between my wife and I. So that was kind of enjoyable. I enjoy doing that and I feel better because of it. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing well. I mean, so uh, it's good timing uh, on on that rant. Our listeners should be aware that uh, this will be dropping on Saturday. That will be the winter solstice. It will be the first day of winter, and it's never too soon to get a jump on spring cleaning. (laughs) Um, I, on the other hand, have the joy of over the next week and a half, um, I have to go buy a car. Um, I'm uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert. I'm uh, starting a new job on January 1. Um, I won't talk too much about it because uh, it's my, my personal work stuff. Um, but I started a new job and I have to have a car to get there and back. Um, I've been in D.C. for eight and a half years now. And, uh, you know, I've been enjoying the uh, fiery death trap that is uh, D.C. Metro um, to you know supply all my transportation needs outside of Uber and Lyft and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, back to the world of cars. So where, so where you live, is there great parking? I mean, um, I'll, I'll have to park in my apartment building. So, um, there's not really much in the way of street parking. 
you know, and every time you talk about the Metro, you know, because I spent like, you know, Kevin, I, I spent um, about four months, four or five months in Washington, D.C. And living in Nebraska, I just love the fact that you got to walk everywhere. And um, and you've shared me shared with me some stories about, you know, the like the Metro, what's starting on fire or uh, um, what water getting in there. You've had some really good ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, it was uh, last month. There was some flooding issues with it. Uh, Pentagon Metro Station um, was literally under a couple inches of water. And then last week, actually, um, I had uh, on my commute to work, uh, I ended up having to exit out of Metro because they closed it down because there was a fire on the line that I live on uh, between a couple stops before where I get off for work, um, they, they had to shut it down because it was literally on fire. Um, and then lo and behold, my commute home also got delayed a little bit because it was on fire a little bit closer to downtown on the line. But, uh, so not to go too, uh, too much on a tangent, but, um, it got really, really bad back in 2016. Uh, there was about a month and a half straight where at least one line was on fire every single day because of uh, debris buildup on the track and the third rail was in such low quality. The third rail is what supplies the power. Um, and so it would have arcing incidents where the electrical current would leave the third rail and it would light all of the garbage and debris on fire on the tracks. Uh, so it's, it's better now, but it's still not perfect. Um, it is really nice, though, when we get the Kawasaki uh, trains um, that are built in the Lincoln plant, uh, by the way. So there's there's a Nebraska connection here to Metro. Um, they're, they're doing a good job cycling out all the old ones that are the uh, crumple like a tin can when they get into accidents. Um, but th- those ones are all finally gone. Uh, and some of the older ones are also still cycling out. But, you know, uh, thank you, Lincoln, for those quality cars. We like them. <laughs> Hey, it, there's something, you know, I, I really, cause I walk, um, well, I drive to take my kids to daycare, but then over lunch, I usually walk home and walk back and it's not very far, but I'm like, I, it's just nice to be walking. And I, and I just kind of missed that part of it. And I bet, you know, in the middle of it though, you're probably thinking, man, it'd be nice to, you know, not have to carry grocery bags. Uh, at least that's what I had to do, you know, for, you know, 15, 20 minutes from the gro- the closest grocery store, unless you want to pay to have them delivered. What, what, yeah, at, least yeah. was, at least when I was in DC. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that's actually one of the perks of where we live is we have an apartment, um, our apartment building has a grocery store on the ground floor. We actually don't even have to go outside. We, we can go through the parking garage in our building to get into the Metro or the, the grocery store. Um, so when it's raining out, we just sort of treat it like a pantry. Like every day after work, we run through and pick up whatever we're going to eat. It, it's it's a nice feature. Um, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, we, we rarely ever have food waste of, oh, shoot, we got this on Sunday to cook on Wednesday. And then we didn't feel like it because we got it on Wednesday. Or, you know, usually we only have like a day in advance, which uh, rarely is a problem here except for the once every other year bad snowstorm but um anyway it, enough with my my living style we we have some good basketball to talk about this week don't we 
Thankfully. I mean, surprisingly, right? Like that, that's one of the things about it is that no one really saw this coming. I, uh, I'm trying to think of who the team, uh, cause I was coaching high school basketball and I get home or I get back to the school and I look at my phone and then I see that we went to overtime with Indiana, Nebraska did, you know, and I couldn't believe it. And then I'm like, oh, maybe it was just a one-time thing. And then we would follow up, and I finally get and actually get to watch the game, which is the Purdue game. And I'm like, that's a different team. And, you know, that that's just, I don't know, refreshing anyway, because I was actually thinking we might get maybe one conference win, you know, in conference. Uh, I, you know, leading into – the, you know, I know we're not playing all conference games from not here on out, um, but I was like, oh, this is going to be really, really bad. But and we'll talk about maybe why or what we think, why it happened. Uh, but I was, it was very refreshing, very, I don't know, after this football season, very, I don't know, needed, I guess. So my good news on the men's athletic front, uh, at least, and you know, the volleyball is doing great, or they were doing great um, until they got swept by Wisconsin. But you know, you, they're the two biggest sports in the state: uh, men's basketball and men's football. I think when it comes to revenue, I believe so. Uh, yeah, Creighton, revenue, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Creighton is you know that's something else. But uh, yeah, so I was pretty happy. Uh, did you get to watch the game? I did, yeah. I got to watch um, both of them. The uh, Friday night, I was uh, had to duck out right at the end, um, but I kind of blew off. Uh, they don't listen to this podcast, so I can say this. I kind of blew off a holiday party to to be able to watch it all because it's halftime came around, and I was like, I don't want to go. I want to stay home and watch the game. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I got to watch both. It was uh, it was fun. Um, not expected at all. Um, yeah, the uh, the Creighton game definitely had us all in a bit of a doom and gloom uh, outlook. Uh, I think in retrospect, maybe we should have just, you know, given them the benefit of the doubt on shooting um, with how bad it was in the first half uh, in that one. Um, you know, because, I mean, they did they did come back and they didn't give up and they had more shots fall. They just had dug themselves into such a deep hole uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty though, and I mean, boy, that, that was fun though. I, I mean, last year they went into Indiana and got the win too. Um, also early in the season, although it was in January. Um, uh, yeah, they they got the win last year in January. Uh, at Assembly Hall, whereas this year it was in December and it, it was an overtime loss, but. Um, yeah, it's a quality Indiana team. They're, they're 10 and one. Uh, they have the win over Florida state. Uh, they kind of got their butts handed to them in their next game at Wisconsin, which deflated the, the Hoosiers are back hype, so to speak. But, um, I mean, it was a, they're, they're a good team. Uh, they're definitely, uh, around middle of the pack roughly in the big 10 and taking them to overtime was a, a hell of an accomplishment. Well, you know, middle of the pack of the back of the Big Ten, those are good. I mean, you know, I think in other conferences, maybe they're like, yeah, they're an okay, okay team. But, 
I mean, 10 to 1, I mean, that says something because we were, you know, safe to say we were not 10 and 1 going into that game. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah losing to uh, UC Riverside. Uh, it's, and that, that's kind of the main one that people point to uh, as far as, you know, how did we do that? But, uh, yeah, I was happy for him. And I sure hope it's something that it's not a blip on the radar. And I think the Purdue game maybe showed that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I, and well, you know, we'll see going into the future. Yeah. I think one of the big takeaways of the Indiana game that, uh, is sort of the, the burst, the bubble cause for concern, um, is the field goal percentage, uh, which was only 44%, 33 of 75. And part of that, uh, was the fact that Indiana got six blocks on us, um, which I think just goes to show what happens when we try to rely on driving to the basket against a team with the height that Indiana has, especially when you compare it with the height or lack thereof, uh, that we have with Nebraska. Um, a little bit, uh, concerning, uh, would, would definitely be the thing on that. Um, but the three point field goal percentage was finally up to what I think we sort of expected once they got comfortable with this, which the fact that they did this on the road is a little bit surprising, really. Um, I guess maybe hopefully they all focused on their finals, but also got in some gym time clearly between the Creighton game and the Indiana game uh, since they went 12 of 32 from deep. Uh, although, no, that, that was a pretty game that I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, uh, 12 of 32. Oh, no, 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 sorry. I, w- I was going to ad lib. Um, a, a comment on the, the three-point quality selection, but then I was like, oh, no, wait, it, that was Purdue that they had a couple that they just kind of were at the end of the shot clock and sort of threw up a more of a prayer three from a little bit deeper mm-hmm. than you want to see, and it, it went in. Um, the, the Indiana game wasn't quite to that level. Um, I think uh, one of the other things was uh, Udrago, um, definitely, uh, saw that he was 17 in this one. Um, uh, he, he was good four for 11, um, only one of four from the free throw line as well. Uh, did grab 10 rebounds, but I uh, definitely showed, I mean, there was a key miss layup down the road or, uh, d- down in the final minutes of the game that really, uh, really hurt him in this one. But, yeah, um, he's a freshman. You're going to expect that, but uh, it, it did show he was, um, you know, a, a young freshman playing against some of the first uh, truly big guys that he's going to see in this conference. You know, uh, one of the things just looking at like the box score, uh, the thing that jumps out to me, not well, there's two things rebounding. We got destroyed <laughs> again. Uh, yep. This yeah. Is true. Yeah. 23. Oh yeah, I'll rebound by twenty-three. That's a lot. And sometimes when teams out rebound another team, maybe it's because one team just missed a lot of shots. And uh but from what I can tell, uh, um Indiana had nineteen offensive rebounds. And that is we knew going into the season and we're gonna continue to repeat ourselves so that that's gonna be an issue. And I think Maybe they found that they're starting to understand what they might need to do as far as defensive rebounding goes in the Purdue game. Um, cause I, I saw what we, you know, we would call, you know, team rebounding. Like 
you need everyone in there to, to go get rebounds. It might just be going and tipping it to a teammate. And I, you know, you saw that a little bit against Purdue, but nine turnovers against Indiana. That's very low. And yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the game, like I've already said. So I don't know if it's the style of defense Indiana played or not, but regardless, I mean, sometimes just playing basketball, like even like divisional athletes, they're going to have three or four just dumb turnovers, you know, just maybe, you know, not catching the ball and kind of, you know, fumbling it. But Nine turnovers is very, very low. And that's probably one of the main reasons why they're in the game. Um, then the three point, you know, they shot well from the three and it seems to be, um, hopefully going forward, what we're going to see about 30, you know, 35 to 40%. So, uh, yeah, so, and we've seen the, the, the ability to take care of the ball is huge for this team. And that's one of the, I, I asked on Twitter, I am um, to, uh, Chris Hetty of the World Mall World Herald, I said, because he was going to do a podcast, and I was interested to see what they would say. I asked, what is, this is before the Indiana game, what is Nebraska basketball good at? And I was, I, you know, my thought was, you know, it, one thing they're good at is when they are have the opportunities to run the floor, they're very good. But when you get them caught in the half-court offense, they struggle a little bit. And I think Chris said he also mentioned um, that, that they, they take care of the ball pretty well. And I think that is for sure what we're seeing. So, you know, those help win games if you're not turning the ball over. I know that personally, as a high school basketball coach right now, our team is negative 61 in turnover ratio. Oh. Yeah, and through five games, plus minus, not ratio, plus minus. And – it's hard to win games when you do that. And that goes regard, and that goes regardless if you're playing third grade basketball, high school, college, or the NBA. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of that's Cam Mack. He's playing really well. He is, I, I, he probably has exceeded my expectations, I would say. Oh, most definitely. And in this one, he got a double double, uh, 10 assists, 15 points. Uh, heck of a game for him in this one. That's not, I'm sure everybody knows this that listens to us, but let's let's hold off the the special news until we're fully onto that one. Um, but yeah, uh, Cam Mack had a big night with his double double. Uh, leading scorer was Sneef Cheatham. Uh, we clearly saw that he was a senior on the team who everybody relies on for leadership in this one. Um, and then Deshaun Burke came up big with 25 points. Uh, this was the first game that Gervais Green was out on, so it was good to see some of the other guys. Uh, really step in and kind of take the lead on scoring. And uh, Thor uh, got the start in this one for the first first time of the season. I forget if he started. Yeah, he, he, he might start against Creighton. Yeah, start, yeah, he did against Creighton. Yeah. Uh, Cam Mack got benched yeah. for being one minute late, which I love. So. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was uh, the Georgia Tech game also. I, I had thought it was – based off his performance against Georgia Tech that he got to start. But, yeah, um, so he he started and got 17 points, um, played pretty hard in this one. Um, yeah, that I feel like that pretty much wraps up the accolades for everybody um, on my end. Uh, any 
Any other parting thoughts you have on uh, Indiana? Nope, I got nothing else. Okay. Well, let's move on to the Purdue one because this one's a doozy. <laughs> it's a fun one. Yes, I was – and I want to say right off the bat, I I mean, you knew Fred Hoiberg's a great I – mean, he's a good, very good coach. But I now have much more um, admiration, I guess, for his coaching ability after this game because this is what I was expecting. You know, at one point uh, we were uh, – I'm trying to look at it now. 12 to 5. Like, okay, yeah, we hit a couple shots. I mean, maybe they missed some shots. This is Purdue. They're going to just battle back into it. Okay. Then they got tied, and then we're losing. And then at some then at one point, we are up by 13 in the second half. Uh, 44, 44-31. Then they go on a run. They go on a run, and it gets down to two. He calls I think he might have called a timeout. After a three pointer. And this is when I'm like, we're going to lose. Just because this is what's going to happen. You know, there's, it's, it's, I'm already not really believing in us yet. <laughs> and I'm not sure I believe in us yet, you know, even now. But I'm thinking, you know, this is what's going to happen. They, they, you know, we, we held them off as long as we could. And then he calls a timeout. And then what happens? We go on a little bit of a run. And then they never, get a chance to get back, you know, make it a game essentially. And he did that multiple times throughout the game, calling a timeout when they, when they go on a run and then the run stops and then we make a run that, you know, I think that is a little different than, than what we saw with Tim miles. And I'm not saying all the time, but just at certain times uh, that is completely different. And cause I liked him. So I'm not trying to bad mouth him, but, that's yeah, I mean, what, it, it, sorry, if it makes you feel any better, uh, this is a thing that drives us insane with Izzo sometimes um, as a state fan is there are points where it's like, especially in the first half, like, Izzo, call a timeout. They're going on a run. Why Why are you not – no, up and up and they got another turnover and they just turned it into fast break points on us. What? Nope, no timeout? Oh, okay. By all means, keep going. And it will just go on and on like this. And he just waits way too long at times on timeout. So it's not alone with Tim Miles uh, on, on that one with the frustration. He's gotten better with it, um, Izzo, but it, it's still occasionally points where it's like, why are we not calling a freaking timeout? Does he do that during during uh, NCAA tournament? Is he more uh, – do you think uh, he's – Nothing stands out on the top of my head yeah. with tourneys. Uh, during the regular season, he off is usually when we complain about that. Although I suppose maybe it's early on in the season now that I think about it. So, I mean, there's a, a reason for that of, you know, let them figure it out on the court sometimes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure it's probably the, the reasoning. But and you know what, a fan yeah. who likes winning games sometimes, it gets a little <laughs> frustrating. Sometimes maybe, you know, there's a couple big time uh, early season games that maybe if we would just focus a little bit earlier on settling things down with the team at times, but uh, sorry, I not, not to get off uh, off topic with, with MSU uh, talk here. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I was particularly excited with this one with 70 56 as the final, because I 
I have a couple friends that are Purdue fans, and this isn't directed at you guys. I really, really hate the Purdue basketball fan base. They're so obnoxious. Um, so it was nice to get this 14 point win on them. So I, I think we've asked you this. Maybe we were talking about football at the time, and I'm trying to think. Oh, is, no, it, uh, is, the, the general question was, you know, which fan bases are worse? And I said, well, it depends yeah. on the sport. Okay. Well, basketball, you think Purdue's the worst among the Big Ten? Um, they, they irk me. Uh, it really depends on the school of who you ask because everybody obviously has who they dislike for specific reasons. Um, with basketball specifically, it's, uh, obviously Michigan, uh, Maryland fans, Purdue fans, um, sort of Indiana fans and Wisconsin fans are the ones that I dislike. I, I'm not sure I'd rank them in any particular order other than probably Michigan first for obvious reasons. After yeah, that, it's I, a jumbled mess of, I just dislike them all. You know, I'm trying to think about basketball fans as far as the big 10. And I really don't know. I mean, as I think I'm, cause I've just been so busy during the basketball season to really pay attention. Uh, maybe it's just a, you know, a pour over from football, but I said, I, if I had to guess, I would think Wisconsin would be the worst. And just because I think that their fans are, you know, not the best in the world. Maybe we're not either, but speaking of great fans, we got a compliment from uh, the head coach of Purdue. You know, I think he uh, kind of caught himself after the game saying, you know, well, we're one of the best fan bases in, in the country. And this is kind of an, just to go kind of a tangent. This is what I've been saying for a long time. And is that I think Nebraska basketball is a sleeping giant. And not, and I'm not talking about like blue blood getting to that point, but like when you have the facilities we have, which we have, and then you have a fan base that comes, that continues to show up to basketball games. You know, there's no reason why we can't be successful at a very high level in men's basketball. And I think we're starting to see that now. And, uh, I think other programs are as well. Um, but I guess that's neither here and neither here or there. So in regards, so why did we beat Purdue in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just quickly agree with you on that. I think Nebraska has all the resources, especially with a coach, the caliber of Hoiberg to be at the level of, maybe once in a blue moon winning the conference tournament championship because that's what his teams are geared towards and being an NCAA team, uh, you know, three out of every five years, maybe four out of every five years, even in, in good, uh, since there and be the type of team that can make it to the second weekend more often than not when they do that. Um, they have the resources for that. They have the fan base for that. They have the support for that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a legitimate take to, to have. Um, with what they've spent on it and with being in a conference of caliber, the big 10 that offers the opportunity for the type of quality resume that you need to impress the tournament or the selection committee on selection Sunday. So, um, but yeah, uh, so the, the Purdue win, um, one of the things that you'll uh, notice on the box score is the rebounding of 49, 45, which was in favor of Purdue, but, Defensively, it was 38-30 in favor of Nebraska, and you could see 
the light bulb finally went on with this. Um, yeah, there was, there were periods in the Indiana game where they weren't doing this, but it was just nonstop effort when it came to team rebounding of getting a body on a man. There was one point where I think it was, uh, Cam Mack late in the second half was boxing out Matt Harms. Oh, you're, you're thinking of Charlie Easley. Yeah, easily. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because um, yep. yeah, I, I was excited in the Slack channel on that one, and it was like, oh, my God, he's actually boxing arms out. And, I mean, it was it was great to see. Uh, there's no reason why a little guy can't get somebody as big as arms if, if you use the right body and the right effort uh, technique with boxing out. So, you know, if you follow the fundamentals on that. And you, it, it showed that they were trying and hustling for the ball and working at it. And it helped. Getting, uh, you know, winning the defensive rebound battle is, is something. You know, you can only do so much on the offensive end when you don't have the size. Um, but the defensive end, there's no excuse for not putting in the effort and having it be, go like it did against a team, even the size of Purdue. Yeah, so that's why you have walk-ons like Charlie Easley. Because our in inattention, I guess you would say, to defensive rebounding from the games I've watched is, I don't know, I don't know a great word for it, but you have, because, like, you know, we got a bunch of players who have never played together, you know, we've been over that, and a lot of them, and I'm going to go with Kevin Cross. I am not a big Kevin Cross fan. Uh, Hoiberg obviously must be. I. Uh, if Kevin Cross is on the floor and he's not hitting shots, I'm sorry, he hurts you. And maybe he's the best we got because um, Shamil Stevenson maybe would be taking his minutes, but he's not going to be playing this year. Uh, but you – it's like, guys, look at this. Look at this Charlie Easley box out on yeah, is it Matt Harms? Or, yeah, uh, uh, Matt Harms. I want to say Harms. Yeah, his last name's Harms. Yeah. yeah. He's like almost seven foot tall, has a terrible haircut. I mean, that's super important to point out. And, you, and I, listen, I disagree with that. I actually like his haircut. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Then they'll say it's mostly a terrible haircut. And, <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I think if I was playing against the guy with that haircut, I'd be like, what in the world, man? And, you know, but my hair is super boring. So that's probably part of it. But, uh, say, so, hey, guys, if this small guy can box out harms, why aren't you doing it? Kevin Cross, well, did you ever box anybody out? I mean, I, I would get on – Kevin Cross is a terrible defensive player. And uh, Purdue finally started figuring out that their backup – I think is their backup post player. Um, East, no, it wasn't Eastern. Was there, he, he was really hurting us towards the end of the game. Is that Thompson? And, I think Thompson, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, we couldn't do anything against him. Okay, I mean, he's a, he almost looked like a defensive tackle um, in football, and he's pretty skilled. But I'm sorry, you have to you have to do something about if you're smaller than them, and which Kevin Cross is, you got to figure something. Out. It's not high school basketball anymore, and the coaches know that, and I and I understand that. But you know, like I said, if Kevin Cross is not hitting three pointers, which by the way, I think he's shooting close to twenty percent from the three point line. He's really hurting your team. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, so that's why you have walk-ons. Is to say, hey, guys, by the way, he's busting his butt 
you need to do the same. And that happens in football too. We put, you know, walk-ons push the, the quote, the scholarship players. Uh, so. He um, is going 26.5% from deep on the season. Is it 26? Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, maybe they've seen him practice where he's just, you know, knocking him down or just saying, hey, he, he'll get it. And maybe he will. And then maybe that's why you play him. But until then, until his, his, his uh, defensive, I would say, effort, or maybe he's just, you know, maybe I, sh- I don't like saying that, but, or maybe it's just defensive uh, awareness at times is, and you can see saying that Cam Mack, his, uh, his, his help side defense, or, or not help side, but his, you know, away from the ball defense awareness is not good at all. And, uh, so defensively, you know, what, you know, we saw was the rebounding and it was his guys. I mean, everyone jumping from everywhere to go get a rebound, to tip it to a teammate. And that was great. And I think that's, that's maybe you, you said the light bulb earlier. Maybe that's, you know, that's part of it. Like, Oh, this is what we need to do to have a little more effort on this end. Cause if we don't and they get offensive rebounds and more possessions, then they're going to score and we're going to lose. And, uh, so, but, uh, I guess as far as the offensive end, and I, and I would like to know what coach Hoiberg thinks about this, but it looks like to me that Thor is a much more intelligent basketball player offensively or has either bought in or understands what Hoiberg wants on offense more than, um, Gervais Green. Cause the ball kind of sticks with Gervais, you know, and I think he's like, no, no, we need ball movement, you know, and Thor's like, yeah, I'm fine with that. And he's, he's bombing a lot of threes and, you know, he went, I guess, two for six against Purdue. But with Gervais Green, the ball stops a little bit. And so maybe, and I hope Gervais Green comes back soon. I have no idea what he did, uh, to get indefinitely suspended. Uh, but maybe he's saying, Oh, maybe this is how we need to play. You know, look how much better we're playing on offense. And we scored 70 points against Purdue and with ball movement and, you know, doing the extra pass, making a, you know, passing up a good shot for a better shot type of deal. So, uh, did, did, uh, Javay Green, he went on the trip to Indiana, right? He did, yeah. Um, this is purely speculation on my part. So it's for a listener, don't take this as any type of inside knowledge or anything like that. It, it's not that at all. Um, but the timing to me and the fact that it's an indefinite suspension, um, he wasn't the best high school student, which is not to say that, you know, he, he was a terrible student, just merely I remember, um, looking at him in the, uh, preseason to kind of get adjusted to the roster and whatnot. They talked about, uh, grades in high school were a little bit of an issue for him with D1 programs that had interest with him right out of high school. The fact that he traveled to Indiana with the team, but then after arriving was announced game day. I think what we'll find is it might be an academic issue, uh, for why he's not playing right now. Because it came Good. right at the end of finals week. But that that's purely a oh, guess based on what okay. I know of his history and the fact that it just seems very odd that he traveled to Indiana but then was suspended on game day. Um, that's not usually the type of thing that you see with players who get suspended, that they 
travel and then get announced in, you know, while there that they are suddenly suspended. You know, I, I hope, I kind of hope that's what it is. I, you know, and this is the best part about being members of the media, but we're not professional members of the media is that we can speculate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, 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 my guess is, and obviously just like you, I have no reason to know anything. And, you know, I just assume he missed, he missed curfew really bad or something, you know, like, um, or he did something in Bloomington that he wasn't, that you are absolutely not supposed to do. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he went out. I have no idea. Maybe he stayed in. I have no idea. And so I'm like, because, you know, it's like, those are, I never thought about the academics and that could be it. Absolutely. It's just Bloomington is supposed to be a, it it is supposed to be a pretty great, uh, college town. So maybe, maybe he went, he went bar hopping. I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he went out. It's a pretty campus, I guess, actually. That's what I know about it. Never mind. Uh, because I just think, okay, he's on the trip. And then the, the, I think it was in the morning of the game. And then it's like, Oh, by the way, he's indefinitely suspended. So it's like, he's obviously not following a rule. And Hoiberg, to his, you know, to his credit, he's holding their feet to the fire because Cam Mack didn't start and he was late for the bus by a minute. And, uh, that, that, that's great. I think that really says, by the way, guys, this is, you know, this, this ain't Juco anymore. You're not, you gotta be on time. And maybe he, that makes me think maybe Dre Green, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and it's not fair to be, and we're, we're, you know, we're just guessing. And so. Yeah, just, uh, just to emphasize that to everybody listening, we're, we're just purely guessing here. We have no insider track on this. It's just us nope. theorizing I, for, yeah, I, for know, I know, ab- I know absolutely nothing about the situation. So, but it, it's just weird that he's on, he goes on a trip and then he becomes indefinitely suspended, which makes me think he did something while he was there. But also, you know, you brought the academics. That could definitely be it. They yeah. found out he didn't go to a, a couple study halls or he wasn't going to the study, his, you know, whatever, their, um, their program, the academic program they have there. And that could definitely be it too. He's not taking his studies seriously. I don't, but we don't know. Yeah. Maybe, quite, quite Maybe yeah, something totally different. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that I'll, I'll say to wrap it up is, uh, th- there are, um, especially Hawkeye fans from back in his days as the Iowa State coach, uh, that like to criticize Hoiberg as, um, somebody who goes out and picks up, um, and questionable players on the, the transfer market. But the fact is, is that he's at Iowa State never had any issues with any of those guys. And at Nebraska, I like the fact that early on he's showing that he's, uh, recruiting guys that he thinks fit his system, but he's not having any, uh, any talents whatsoever to any type of funny business, even as little as being late to the bus. Uh, he runs a tight ship and, uh, he's a, a character of a guy. So, um, yeah, we can, we can hold to that till the, the crows come home and, and whatnot, in my opinion. Unlike yeah, so- Creighton, who can't even fill their arena for a ranked Oklahoma team. See, that, that's it. That, that's, you know, someone tweeted out, uh, a picture of Nebraska, uh, you know, the basketball team at Creighton. And, uh, he said, and there's all the, the Creighton fans. I said, look at, there's 18,000 Nebraska football fans at the game, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm yeah, like, that was a good one. That's great. So, uh, yeah, Creighton fans, you know, or Jaskers. Uh, 
You know, I think they're just bandwagoners because guess what? If Nebraska becomes really good, are you going to – I already have a friend that was a J-Sker. I don't think he's a J-Sker anymore. You know, so uh, – and I don't want to ask him because he might not want to admit to it. Uh, he, he hasn't, he has not been tweeting about creating basketball in a couple of years. So, uh, I had a couple of friends growing up actually that were like that with Michigan and Michigan state. They're Michigan football fans and Michigan state basketball fans. This is pre beeline by the way. Um, so, you know, the days of Tommy turtleneck amaker of, uh, Harvard when they were just garbage, um, and it, it was funny. They'd be like, oh, you know, I love Michigan State and basketball. I root for them then. I'm, I'm a state fan for basketball. And I'd stare at them and be like, really? What, what are you, insane? Like, you're a fan of neither. Get, get out of here. Go away. <laughs> like, no. Oh, yeah, well, um, yeah, before we move on from Purdue, I, I want to say, if, if, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this highlight of Cam Mack. Oh, by the way, he had a Triple double, the first in school history, which is laughable to me. <laughs> like, it, really? It's so uh, in all of the games, that's that's a, that's the first. Which I guess, if you really think about it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, but there's the um, there, there's the play that he is. Well, I think he has like a a one on one fast break, and there's a couple of the Purdue kind of trailing a little bit, and he slows down at the free throw line. Like, what's he doing? And then here comes um, Deshaun Burke coming down the sideline, and he's just pretty bounce pass and dunk it. And that, if anything, shows you how smart Cam Mack is and he, or basketball savvy. is. He's like, you know what? Instead of just, like, forcing the issue here, I'm just going to take a step. I'm going to slow down, take a step, allow my teammate to keep on jetting down the sideline who, by the way, the other Purdue defenders aren't going to see him coming because they they have their back to him and a nice bounce pass and a dunk. It's beautiful. And, and, and it's just like, yep, he's a different player than anybody else we have. So Yeah, and speaking of effort, you know, little guy Cam Mack came up with 10 rebounds and led the team in rebounds against Purdue. I, I mean yeah. – there were a pretty good amount of um, long rebounds based off of all the threes that Purdue missed. So to be completely transparent, that is a little bit of how Mac managed to get that many rebounds. But it wasn't the only way that he managed to get 10 rebounds and lead the team in rebounding. So, you know, he, he earned the triple-double. Don't, don't, don't think that I'm not saying that. Um you know, but the, the little guy, Mac, can manage to come down with 10 rebounds. Let's see some of the big guys on the team uh, put in some more effort at that moving forward. Because um, they did it against Purdue, but let, let's see some more effort moving forward. Let's let's build on this, guys. Yeah, uh, that's all right. So who are we playing this week? Uh, so uh, we've got North Dakota, Fighting Hawks, coming in town on Saturday. But... Uh, if we can just for one second uh, highlight the early Big Ten season play uh, thus far, because there's a little bit of uh, humor to it, uh, yeah. if, if we don't mind. So as of Sunday night, home teams in the Big Ten were 13-0. and 0. That meant that the one game that we had left uh, had Michigan State in first place, 13 uh, 12 other teams tied for second place 
at one and one. And then in 14th was Northwestern at 0 and one. <laughs> so it all came down to Wednesday to figure out whether or not we would go into January play with all 14 teams tied for first place and last place at one and one, or if we would have some type of separation of one game lead. And of course it was at Welsh Ryan arena and Northwestern uh, disappointed anybody hoping for the chaos. That was a 14 way tie for the conference. So um, we exit early conference play at uh, Michigan State in first place, 2-0. Everybody else tied for second place at 1-1, one one, except for Northwestern, who is in 14th at 0-2. So we can hold our heads high that we are not in last place right now. Hey, we are we are tied for second in the conference. Going exactly. Into- who? How many of you expected to be tied for second right now? Raise your hands. None of you should be raising your hands, even though I can't Put see your you, hands because down. you did not expect to be tied for second. <laughs> I'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. So it, it's, it's just be- a little bit of fun chaos. Um, and uh, some other big non-conference wins. Uh, Rutgers beat Seton Hall. Uh, that was fun. Um, good for Rutgers. And uh, Seton Hall turned around and beat Maryland tonight. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, Seton Hall beat number seven Maryland. So they now have two losses. Oh, bummer. Poor them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so fun recap there of, of fun Big Ten chaos, uh, early in the season so far. But North Dakota Fighting Hawks, uh, come to town this Saturday. Um, it is, um, I should have the game memorized. I actually finished the preview for it earlier today. Um, uh, uh, it's 5 p.m. Central Time. That's it. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. So, is that on TV? Um, it is not. It is not. You're gonna have to shell out those Delaney bucks, everybody. I'm sorry. It's on BTN Plus. So, um, which is kind of stupid, actually. I forget which game it was, but there was one that's on BTN, um, early in the afternoon that I saw. And I, I messaged everybody in Slack about it, actually, because I was like, why is this on BTN? This should be on, like, FS1 or, like, a, a somewhat major national network more so than BTN. And then Nebraska would be on BTN instead of BTN+. Plus. We're the only game not on an actual broadcast station uh, th- this weekend. Uh, I think somebody's on like CBS Sports Network, but let's let's ignore that fact. Um, that's still a cable television station. BTN Plus is not; it's streaming only, and it's it's ridiculous. Um, but a- anyway, rant about that um, done. A uh, little bit of preview on North Dakota: they are five and seven so far this season. Um, Nebraska is three and one overall against them, um, and Paul Sat- Sather. I think it's Sather um, is in his first season with them. Um, So, yeah, they are they should as long as we maintain the momentum and didn't accrue a bunch of cobwebs with a week off, which obviously we didn't last week. uh, If we keep the momentum going, this should be a uh, it it should be a blowout if we're being honest here. Um, There's similar ish in styles in that uh, they Per Ken Palm, at least, uh, North Dakota's a faster uh, tempo team. Um, they're 74th in 
adjusted tempo. So there should be a quick pace to it. It should be exciting to watch. Um, you know, that obviously I say these things only to be proven wrong. So, you know, please feel free to tell me how wrong I am after the game in the, the comments. But, uh, the statistics say that it should be an interesting game that should be somewhat up tempo at least. So. Well, well, one thing I, and this is all I've really, I have to say about this is they played Minnesota earlier this year. Um, they lost 79-56. So that's interesting, I guess, in some way, if you want it to be interesting. Um, I do want to actually, um, uh, announce that, um, our podcast actually has its own BTM plus account. The username is of bags and dags and the password is just kidding. No way. We would never do that. And so, um, <laughs> Uh, try it and it might, you might get to watch some free basketball. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got on North Dakota. <laughs> Jim Delaney is a vengeful man and he will hunt us down now and, yes. and punish us. And if, and by the way, if that username and password works, let me know so I can try it. So, um, unless you got other thoughts, that's all, I, you know, as far as basketball goes, that's all I got. Uh, no. Um, well, uh, I, I suppose, um, going back to big 10 news for a second, uh, there are two other big items, um, injury update wise across the conference. Uh, Jordan Bohannon will now be missing the rest of the season. Uh, he has gone to hip surgery. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Um, if you like quality players in the conference, he's, he's a good guy. Um, he, uh, actually left his shoes after the Iowa state game on the floor and signed a note to them about, you know, thanks for the memories. And, um, I, I forget the exact details. Like they ended up coming back to Iowa city anyways. And so he auctioned them off for the children's hospital. Um, so uh, yes, he's a Hawkeye. It's a pretty class act. Um, and he's an exciting player and at the conference is lesser without him. So that's unfortunate news. And, um, I, I personally at least wish him the best in recovery and hope he can come back next year. And, uh, Joshua Langford is officially out for all the, all this season now. Um, basically it's two seasons in a row now for Michigan State missing their, uh, t- uh second leading score. So, uh, that's a big blow to, uh, that team as well. So, um, but yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, all I got. Um, so I have a question. So today supposedly is, um, I know this is coming out on what, Saturday or something, but, uh, today is supposedly National Emo Day. Um, and so you brought up in our Slack that you're a fan of, uh, My Chemical Romance. Uh, I mean, they, they had some good music. I, I brought that up mostly in jazz, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely like some of their songs. No, no, I know. I, I, the, I think it's the first album I actually really liked a lot and pretty much every song on that album. And that, this isn't that interesting, but I bought, um, concert tickets to go see them in Omaha and I forgot who they were there with. Um, but we got all the way to the show. We got walked up to the door and me and my friends were like, I'm not really feel, I really don't feel like going to a concert. And we just left. So like we, and so we like we I mean that's probably a forty five minute drive. We get there, we're at the door, we have tickets, we're you know, we have our, our cars where we parked, 
And we're just like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this. We ended up selling them. And so uh, I think we maybe got our money back. But uh, I, that's one of those things I look back and like, I wish I would have gone because I bet that would have been a fun concert. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, so I, I you know, you'll, you'll, you will not get qualms from me for uh, liking my chemical romance. Patrick, on the other hand, is I would consider to have uh, if you could if you if you could have uppity tastes when it comes to uh, the rock music, he is definitely that guy. And I hope he hears this, and we'll find out if he does. Um, see <laughs> if if uh, he actually ends up listening to the podcast. So um, it, yeah. it's better than a uh, Nickelback halftime concert for the Lions Thanksgiving Day show. Or Thanksgiving you know, Day game. So. You know what, Nickelback? They are cashing those checks. You know, they, they really are good for them. <laughs> oh, that was that was a terrible halftime show. That was so awful. Uh, and of course, they, we lost to the Packers. But the one Thanksgiving it, show that I went or game that but, I went to. But you're bringing your head coach back, Patricia. So that's you know. Oh that's God! I, I mean, how? Typical Lions fashion. News breaks that Martha Ford is actually interested in selling the team. Hours later, Jeff Bezos is reportedly uh, a person of interest in purchasing the team, had flown there to Detroit and met with the Fords. All of a sudden, we start getting uh, visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads and this image of Ford Field being renamed the Amazon Prime Vince Lombardi Championship Fulfillment Center. And then, <laughs> like an hour after I saw that news about Jeff Bezos, Martha Ford, not selling the team under any circumstances, was never considering it, and Matt Patricia is coming back for another season. But we expect results this time, because somehow this season will be different than any other in the Super Bowl era since the Fords have bought the team. Life is you know, bleak as a Lions fan. <laughs> that's you know, all I got to say. I was going to say, that, that's got to be tough. You know, I, I'm a New York Knicks fan, and I, you you seem to be more, more emotionally invested in the Lions than I am in the Knicks, even though I am a fan. The I, yeah, I'm, I'm a casual fan. I, I enjoy I, – I mean, like, I don't – I rarely go out to actually watch games because uh, they're obviously not here in D.C. I don't pay for an NFL package. I'm not giving them a – dime of money beyond what they already get for I, I, I never mind I won't I won't go there on this podcast yeah I'm, I'm not giving them a dime for their NFL package or anything I, I'm a casual fan like I I read some fun news stories about them but beyond that like you know my my investment is at the college level beyond that so but the uh the professional sports uh horizon right now in my home state is as bleak as a winter there um, the Pistons, the Red Wings, the Tigers, the Lions, they're all terrible. Ooh. And when Ooh. they eventually Ooh. add the ML, MLS team, probably in 2022 or 24, whenever it's next up for expansion, and it seems obvious that they're going to add that, that team, at Detroit, as an MLS uh, expansion city, they will also, I'm sure, be terrible. So, you know, might as well have the whole lot. So... But you're all in it together, and that's why you're a fan. Exactly. And I look forward to Little Caesars Arena uh, hosting the Big Ten Tournament when it next comes up for uh, going under contract. Um, it will be a great venue and a great location. 
and five dollar pickups. Five dollar pizza, hot and ready pizzas. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure that the stadium or the arena doesn't sell them that cheap. So oh. the uh, stadium financed almost entirely by taxpayer money, while the city was going through the largest municipal bankruptcy in American history. Uh, yeah, I, I did make that political comment. I, I couldn't resist. Um, you know, they get to keep all their money, so I'm sure that they rack up all the the fees for things like. Uh, they're hot and ready pizzas that they sell there. So, mm, um, yeah, the cheapskate, but <laughs> all right, let's finish it out. I guess, uh, yeah, <laughs> please, you know, please follow us on, on Twitter. Right. Uh, are, are we in that? Yeah. Bags and dags. Yeah. Um, um, subscribe to the coordination podcast. You'll get a, all of our podcasts, uh, you know, download right on your phone or any, whatever, form of audio equipment you would like to listen to us from uh i guess i'm supposed to give you the handle because my boss is now chewing my butt um so go ahead keep going while i double check the handle and uh i guess anything else there kevin uh nope uh um, yeah, as you said, uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at bangs and dags. Uh, feel free to follow all of us at Sparty on Huskers at, uh, it's Nate McHugh, right? Just, oh, uh, well, you guys, or, yeah, you guys search for my name. It's NMCHUGH85. And I really should probably change that, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Don't, don't follow Patrick though. No, because he's he has uppity rock. You know, he's a little uppity about his rock music. So, and that's you don't. No one wants to follow that. Yeah, so. you, you can just enjoy the the retweets that we give him when he does have something worth seeing on Twitter. So, trust us on this, guys. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a great day, a great weekend, I guess, since you're here on Saturday, and I guess go big red. Should we come up with a, a formal podcast? Or uh, a formal sign-off, rather? Yeah. Um, how about when? No. <laughs> I, how about this? You stay classy, Husker fans. Yeah, stay Yeah, stay classy, Husker fans. All right, bye. Yep. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.